Hey, I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in big families that were fun, impactful, and relationship-rich. Now that we're a family of our own with two young children and our third on the way, there's nothing that excites us more than seeing what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go! Hey, you guys, welcome to episode one of the Now That We're a Family podcast. Katie, are you, how are you feeling about launching this podcast? You know, I'm excited. I think a couple of things. One, I'm a little nervous to hear this on the playback. I feel like it's the first time you leave a answering message or a voicemail, and then you go and hear yourself and are like, do I really sound like that? I know. You never sound how you think you're going to sound. Yeah. It's pretty discouraging sometimes, actually. But then you get used to it. And I know that we're going to get used to hearing our, hearing our own voices. At least I certainly hope so. And more uh, importantly, I hope you guys get used to hearing our voices. That's true. That probably is more important. You're right. I'm very used to hearing your voice, Katie, and I'm assuming you're used to hearing my voice. And so we just need to get used to hearing our own voices. Yes. I am glad that this isn't on video because I have been taking a break from YouTube for like the past four days because this cold sore on my face. Oh, whatever. You look beautiful. It is It is starting to heal though. Yeah, that's I'm, nice. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, folks. This cold sore. So Katie's family, you guys have cold sores a lot. Yeah, well, okay, since being married, though, I've only had two, and I used to get them like twice a month. Yeah, and I've never had a cold sore in, in my entire life, and this last cold sore of Katie's was, it was like a full other person growing out of your lip. Okay, stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you know, we're going to dig into today's episode, and uh, first off, why, why in the world are we starting a podcast? Well, when I look at my life... Um, from my earliest memories of maybe being seven or eight years old, and I and I had aspirations for my life, and I was envisioning the my future self. You know, the twenty five year old Elisha, or the thirty five year old Elisha, or the forty five and fifty five year old Elisha. Um, being a father and being a husband was always a part of that vision. Even though there were various career things that I wanted to pursue or various accolades I wanted to achieve in my life, that was all within the context of being a father. And a, and a husband. And so I guess when I think back to my wedding day, not only was I just beyond excited about marrying Katie, Katie Joy, the person that I was marrying, I was also excited because it was kind of the fulfillment of a certain part of my vision. It was a certain aspect of this desire that the Lord had placed on my heart that was coming to fruition. And I was seeing some closure, not maybe not closure, but I was seeing the beginning of a new chapter of my life. So the person got me excited about marriage, but the principle of it got me excited as well. Similarly, when we had our first child, it I was thrilled to welcome my son Leon into the world. And he as a person, I, I mean, he just excites me more and more every day. But on that first day, I was in love with him. I loved him. I was so ready to just serve him and to train him up. Um, but I was also excited, once again, for the principle of being a father. Because I thought, man, I've always wanted to be a father. So I'm becoming, I'm, I'm now, I'm a husband. I'm, I'm now a father. And so I love these people more than anything, definitely more than the principle. 
but I also like the principle too. Like it's a part of my vision. Uh, and so, you know, when I think about why I was excited about being a father or being a husband, I think it's because I really looked at it from a positive perspective. And, and I was fortunate enough to have examples in my parents that were a very positive example to me. And so I looked at family and at marriage as being life-giving or, you know, growing your impact in this world or, or having the opportunity to really invest deeply into individuals. Like the idea of going like a, a million feet deep with my wife and with my children and training them up and, and raising them up and discipling them, to me, the impact of that is going to be so much more profound and far-reaching than going a few feet deep with thousands of people, which I think, you know, is more appealing kind of initially to your ego to impact thousands of people. But the the actual impact long-term when you go deep with just a small group is far, far greater. So Katie, what are words that come to mind when you think of what you want from family and from marriage? Well, when I think of marriage, I think refreshing. I think healthy communication. Um, you know, for marriage, sexy and flirtatious. Uh-huh. That sounds I can fun to me. Echo, yes, I like those words as well. Um, you know, I think of I think of words like rewarding or fulfilling, fun, impactful. I really do think that family and marriage has the potential to be far more impacting than any other thing we put our hand to in this earth. I totally agree. And some more that come to mind are just unity, like complete unity, mm. healing when something does go wrong, yes. honesty and openness, yes. feeling heard. Yes. Yeah, you know, I think that openness is actually really big because so many people aren't even known. And mm -hmm. I forget who said that, um, you know, the best feeling isn't just being loved or no, being fully loved. It's being fully known and then being loved in spite of being fully known. And of course, that's what God does to us. He loves us and yet he knows us more than anybody. And when you're able to be open with a spouse so that they know you more than anybody, you know, any other person, and yet they love you in spite of that or because of it, both, both of those things, uh, then that's one of the greatest things you can experience as a human. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, I mean, a couple of the words that come to mind are just like adventurous and dynamic. Yes, yes. Impactful. Right, right. Those are exciting or just the word exciting. Those are all exciting yeah. words. Um, and I think that those are words that I've thought about. I've experienced them with you as my spouse. And I just get excited even as you're saying those words, looking to our future and knowing that those those can be adjectives that describe not only our current state, but our future and you know the years to come in our in our life. I love how, I honestly think this is just a really good exercise to do for any married couple, actually. Yeah. We did it our first, I think, four months into marriage as we yes. sat down and we wrote out what are all the positive things that, you know, in your fairy tale marriage, how would that look? Sure. And then kind of talking about on the flip side, what are all the negative words right. that come to mind that we don't want? Because that just makes a really clear picture in my mind and lets me know that marriage is worth fighting for. Right. Yeah. Negative words like life sucking or, you know, degrading or, um, you know, robbing think, your joy. Yeah. I think ball and chain, angry, hurt, bitterness. Yes. Yes. Those are all things constricting. Yes. A marriage where you're building up walls with resentment or feeling shut out. Yes. Yes. No, I think bitterness, like you already said. And then even beyond that, people have marriages of hate where they literally mm -hmm. hate being married to the other person. Um, and then I think of carrying that into a family. So it goes beyond just you and your spouse, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. but the the effect that that's going to have on your children and then on their children and uh, you know i think that's kind of it it's too it's double-sided because the excitement of family I think is so deep for me and so profound because when I really start to think about the legacy that my children and then how those are individuals that are going to going to go out into the world, find a spouse for themselves, they're going to create children who are going to create children and create children. And I guess just the multiplication and the compound effect of our actions now are so great on a positive or unfortunately in a negative way as well. And so that really motivates me to pursue those positive adjectives. Absolutely. And I think, unfortunately, the negative side of things is so much more prominent in our culture because when you and I were engaged, or when we were dating, actually, people said, just wait yes, until you get engaged. You know, right. enjoy this time because it's the most fun you guys are going to have. Yes, I, w- I remember people would, would say, yeah, on that note, when we were engaged, people would tell us, oh, this is the best season. This is, the, this is as good as it gets right now while you're engaged. And I, I don't, I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't because our engagement period was pretty stressful. Well, not only was our engagement period stressful, our marriage has been awesome. It's just yes. been so much better than dating and engagement. And each, each year has gotten significantly better, which only excites me for the future. And to me, it totally makes sense. Like, I know you so much more now. Mm -hmm. Like, I know the subtle nuances of your humor. Or, you know, I know when you're mad and no one else does, you know? And so (laughs) I feel like you know so many things about me. You know, I'm comfortable being sillier around you. Sure. Or freer. And those things naturally come from time. Yes. And just time together. And so I love that in marriage. And it's the same thing with family. Is people said, oh, you know, enjoy this time as a newly married couple. Enjoy the honeymoon season. but wait till you have kids you know that's that's going to change everything wait till you have your first kid yeah and we had leon and we were so ecstatic about life we got to experience life through a whole set of new eyes right and everything he does he does we get to kind of do for the first time all over again that's right with him and then people said wait till you have two kids yes (laughs) you know or wait until he turns two or wait until they turn whatever the next age is that is coming because they for whatever reason they don't believe you can have this joy, you know, in a sustainable manner. <laughs> yes. And so just looking at these two lists, I just want to consistently keep it in mind. What do I want out of marriage long term? I want our marriage. I want our family to be richer and deeper when we're 40 years old. I don't want it to be 40 years of bitterness and hurt mm. and harboring resentment and stepping on each other's toes. That's right. I want to be more harmonious and working together better um, over that period of time. So I just, I ultimately don't want to have that perspective and I don't want to give other people that perspective of just wait, it's going to get hard. There's always challenges in the future, Yes, but we can only take control of what we can take control of now and we can't have fantastic times today. Right. That's a good point because we've been enjoying life in the present, you, you know, since, since we were married and since we had one child and now that we have two children and we're expecting our third we love today. We love, and that doesn't say that we haven't had our fair share of of challenges relationally, or um, you know, with finances or with health over the last three to four years. But overall, we just love life, and so it is kind of unfortunate when you start to borrow troubles from tomorrow, or if we're not the one that's borrowing them from tomorrow, people are trying to lend you troubles, you know, from tomorrow, which is yeah. which is not that fair. I guess that just really reminds me that this is a season of life. 
Leon is almost two years old. Lucy's what, what she's she's nine months old, and then we've got our our third child on the way. And who knows how long we're gonna be here in the trenches of parenting, you know, infants and toddlers, and and then eventually teenagers and and young adults. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's it is gonna be it's not forever. Uh, Lord willing, unless he takes you or one of us at, at some point, you know, at a, at a young age, but it's not going to be forever. It is a season. And so that, then that begs the question, what are you going to make of this season? Are you going to become a so-called victim of this season where you're not sleeping as much as is optimal? You don't have as much free time as you might want. You know, you don't have the time to just, you know, to grow as an individual as you used to. And so what are you going to become a victim to that and say, well, you know what? I always wanted to be a healthy and fit person, but I certainly can't do it now because, I mean, come on, I can only sleep, you know, four hours a night. So the idea of working out once I wake up is just out of the question. And I think it's important to consider that in every single season, there is some kind of conflict. I mean, you and I have talked about this before. Before you have kids, maybe you're in college and yes. you're staying up super late to get yes. a paper in. That's right. Or you're trying to get a certain job and yep. you're staying up late trying to study for that job or right. working overtime. There's always a reason to have lack of sleep or to not exercise. 100%. And even beyond that, when I was single, you know, I, I think of now when I wake up at, what was it, two, I think last night, I think Leon started crying at like 2.45 in the yep. morning. And that's not, <laughs> it, that was before I was planning on waking up for the day. Uh, but he, he didn't even have a dirty diaper. I don't even know why he was crying. I don't know what his deal is either. Yeah. It's been a bad, like three days. Yeah, They've for been, some reason. Our kids sleep great, but like this last week... They've been all over the map. Yes. So Leon woke up last last night or this morning, I should say, at 2.45, and um, and he was crying. And since he's sleeping basically in our closet, it's really hard to sleep through his, his crying. And so I got up, and at first, obviously, I'm frustrated because I'd rather be sleeping. Um, but I fix him a bottle. I lay him back down, and he, you know, over time goes back to sleep. Um, but as I was drifting off back to sleep, I was thinking about the irony of how frustrated I was that I had to wake up at 2.45 to to help my son uh, go back to bed. And yet I love Leon more than any other, any besides my wife, probably more, definitely more than any other boy. You know, like I love my son so much and I would do, I say that I would do anything for him. That said, when I think back about to being a single man, I would stay up until 2.45 in the morning watching movies or just hanging out with friends, playing games, running around town, you know, doing shenanigans. And for some reason that was worthy of me being awake. But when it comes to waking up at 2:45 to to change my son's diaper or to get him, get him a bottle, the culture almost gives you this license to be bitter about that and to say, "Oh yeah, this it stinks not being able to get any sleep, you know, throughout the night because you have children." When in reality, when I was single, I wasn't sleeping either, but it was just because I was doing way less valuable things than being a father. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just want to say, you know, can we get a cheer for Elisha getting up at 2.45 to give Leon a bottle? Well, hey, here's the <laughs> that deal. That was pretty sweet. You know, what's funny is that throughout our, our life as being parents, Katie always hears the kids before I do. And so I don't know how many hundreds of times we've gotten up the next morning and I've said, hey, how'd you sleep? And you're like, oh, well, good. I had to get up with Lucy and and do this. I'm like, what? Like, I had no idea you woke up and helped the kids. Uh, so that was a rare occurrence that I was the one to, to hear the kids, to hear Leon first and get up with him. I don't know. 
It's a team effort. It is a team effort. And it, and the thing is that this season is going to come to an end. And so am I going to jump into it and embrace it and be literally, as cheesy as it sounds, the best that I can be in this season? Or am I going to use things like having to wake up at 2.45 in the morning as an excuse to not get up and do my workout this morning, to not get into the word of God, to not provide sufficiently for my family? Because what's so funny is that I've totally done that, become a victim. I've, I've, I've taken this as an excuse and I thought, man, I don't have time to work out or I don't have time to get in God's word. But somehow that evening, I've got time to watch a movie or a TV show or get online and watch highlights from whatever the basketball game was of that day. I think of this too, just as a mother, you know, having two little kids is often talked about as a pretty crazy time because you do have two little ones that are pretty dependent on you. But I think of that too in how am I spending my time? You know, am I creating things for the future? Am I bettering our home? Or am I on social media? Right. Am I comparing my life to someone else's? Or am I making the most of every minute I have now? That's right. And what's funny is that one of those two things is life-giving and the other is draining of life. I feel I found that when I just consume and I get on ESPN.com and just watch, start watching highlights, that drains me. It doesn't give me energy. Mm -hmm. Your brain tells you, oh, this is restful, but it's lying to you. What gives you energy and actually what gives you more, it, it might not be restful, but it gives you more life is taking action on the things that you want to be growing in. And so I think that in this season of being a father, I'm realizing that it is just that it's a season and it's going to come to an end, but I want to come out of this season and be able to look back and say, man, I did make the most of it, not only from a standpoint of investing into my children and loving my wife, but of also being the best version of myself, you know, or at least striving for that and staying fit and healthy and getting into God's word on a daily basis and leading my family spiritually and being a part of my community and thriving in my occupation. Uh, those are things that I want to do my whole life. And so I'm going to certainly do my best while I am being a father. Yeah. And I think that just really leads into the mindsets that we have and the assumptions and the expectations we have before getting married. Yes. Because some of those mindsets are already crafted before we ever say I do. Right. And I think of that uh, growing up, we both had amazing role models and parents that loved each other, still had romantic relationships. Yes. We were an active part of their life and neither you or I ever felt like a burden to them. Right. That's so true. They were pursuing various things and we weren't some side thing that they were doing. We were an integral part of it, but they did it with us and not in spite of us, not, you know, aside from us, but they did it with us. Yeah. I think of even skiing, you know, my dad was a ski patrolman growing up. He was passionate about skiing and he didn't let having 11 kids stop him from skiing and getting to experience that passion. We were a part of that. That's right. And I think I always saw family because of that as something you can do on a just bigger level. You can do whatever goals or dreams you have. It's just a little bigger and you have to be a little bit more creative. But I think some assumptions are good. You know, one that I had was Elisha and I were going to fight or argue and we were always going to work through it. Hmm. And that was just an assumption I had because I saw my parents. They would have disagreements, but they always worked through it. Yes. And that conflict was always resolved. Um, something, some expectations are bad. And I think of, you know, our first fight. Do you remember what that was about? Uh, like on our honeymoon? Yeah, on our yes, honeymoon. I do remember this. What actually. was it about? It was about Skittles. It, it was Skittles, you guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was our first fight, and I grew up in a family. Okay, you want to kind of tell your... Why don't you tell it? Okay, from my perspective, we're on our honeymoon, 
and we're like to me honeymoon was is vacation time we're getting to know each other we're starting off our marriage and it was like the third or fourth night of our honeymoon and we are going to watch a movie and i suggested that we go down to like whatever the little handy store at the uh, or the little like handy market at the resort that we were staying at and get some candy for the movie and so then elisha proceeds to eat a lot of Skittles and I ate 11 Skittles and growing up we would share a whole pack of Skittles and maybe get one or two that was just how we did candy in my family it was super rare and so I thought I was splurging I was on my honeymoon I ate 11 and Elisha just kept eating yeah so this wasn't like (laughs) the family size pack this was this was the normal size one serving pack of Skittles like it wasn't it wasn't the small fun size it wasn't the family pack it was just like the, the standard size of Skittles. And Kate, and we were splitting it. You took 11 of them, which I was gracious enough to not say anything about. Because oh, that whatever. was the thing, too, is that I, I also offered for you to get your own candy. There was no way I was going to get my own candy. We split a candy bar 11 ways growing up. Growing up? Yeah, you did. And so, <laughs> so when I think about, when I look in hindsight, I was like, man, I was being pretty generous and pretty easygoing by letting you take 11 of my <laughs> Skittles. And so when I got to, and there, maybe I got like two thirds of the way through the bag and you lost it. You flipped out. I took out. the bag from him and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, are you trying to kill yourself right now? We are done with the Skittles. And I took the Skittles. I didn't lose it then. I just said, we're done with the Skittles. I took the bag. And you're looking at me like, who the heck did I just marry? <laughs> well, at first, I thought you were being kind of playful and funny. I was like, oh, this will be fun. She's like being playful and grabbing the Skittles for me. And we could like wrestle and this will be something fun, you know. But that's not at all what you were doing. No, no. It turned into a real argument over Skittles. And so I just think of that, you guys. Some of our mindsets have been crafted for us and they aren't necessarily healthy for us. And in this case, I've come to find out that I'm the one who's crazy. Well, no, technically you had a healthier mindset regarding like physical It was health. healthier. Yes. It was healthier. But um, yeah, I've come to find out that I was the crazy one in counting my Skittles and in trying to ration Elisha's intake. And so some mindsets we have to change and some assumptions and expectations we have to change. And so on this podcast, we really want to dive into looking closely at what are our mindsets and what does God say about the mindsets we should have for marriage and family? Absolutely. And I'm so grateful that we have God's word to go to on a daily basis for the rest of our lives. Because when I think about what culture says or what you and I have even the seasons we've gone through and what seems right or what seems to make sense in a certain season that's all changing at such a rapid rate and it's and it's very confusing as to what's right what is marriage supposed to look like according to culture what's marriage supposed to look like according to my feelings what's marriage supposed to look like according to my dreams that all changes so rapidly. So I've got, I'm so grateful we have God's word to go to that, and that doesn't change. It just tells us what marriage is supposed to look like. And it's funny because when I do go to God's word and I look at what he says about marriage or about family, I'm convicted because I think I'm really guilty of over-spiritualizing a lot of it when it's just very practical. He just said, hey, it's not good for man to be alone. So I'm going to give him Eve. It's like, that's pretty basic right there. I can remember as like a 19 or a 20 year old boy thinking, man, does God want me to get married? Who's the girl that he has for me? Am I supposed to be single? I was like, no, like from the beginning, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And he makes it very clear later on. Paul's writing is he's saying, man, if it's better to marry than to burn. And in other words, it's going to be very obvious to you 
if you're to remain single. So this question should never be, man, should I get married? It's, man, obviously I'm going to get married because that's what God said is right. It's good for a man. It's not good for a man to be alone. He needs this woman in his life, and I can I can attest to that. And what's a natural result of marriage and intimacy? Children. Children are such a natural part of intimacy, and yet we over-spiritualize that a lot of times too and say, does God want me to have children? Does he not want me to have children? Should we wait two years or should we wait five years to have children? And I'm just thinking, no, like you get married and then you you act like you're married. And what's the fruit of that? It is God opening or closing the womb and he's going to choose to bring forth his fruit, children, when it's time and when it's his timing. Yeah, so in this podcast, we really want to take a closer look at God's word and what he says about marriage because his word is the ultimate authority. Yeah, we're going to throw in stories from our lives. We want to keep it fun. We want to get to know you guys and have you guys get to know us. But we want this to be really practical and take it from God's word as the ultimate authority and foundation. So we're going to talk about biblical roles. We're going to talk about sex, child training, setting family goals and dreams, personal disciplines, and like Elisha mentioned, being your best self in difficult seasons or in challenging seasons, which are pretty much every season we're in, and in finding your calling. And ultimately, we really want to keep it fun. Yes, and I, and life has been really fun, and I think that the more we refine our lens as as being the people that God said we already are, you know, he said that we are a new creation in Christ. He said that we're dead to sin and alive in him. He said that our old man is dead. He said our lives were bought at a price. And I just want to believe those things and act like that person. Similarly, he said that we are one once we become married, that we two people become one. And so now I want to live like we're one. And he also said that children are a blessing. So I want to live and think like children are a blessing regardless of how it feels or regardless of how easy or convenient or inconvenient it might seem at the time. Um, so that's really our goal in moving forward. And like Katie said, we've got some topics that we're excited to, to dive into. But Katie, I don't know, are you pretty grateful these people listen to this podcast? I am so grateful, you guys. Elisha and I have wanted to start a podcast for a while now, and it's so fun to see it finally happening. I know, this is happening. I think here, high five. Yeah, this is, wow, that was good sound quality. That was good. That was remarkable. That was, that was not a sound effect. It was you not. Guys, that that was, was the real thing. That was. Yeah, so here it is. That was episode one. Thank you guys for listening. And be sure to uh, keep an eye out for our next episode. We'll have the next episode coming out on Tuesday. Every Tuesday we have episodes coming out. Um, so please uh, subscribe to this podcast. And we would love it. I know that we just started and that this, you know, you maybe you don't know what you think of our podcast. But if you feel so inclined, please leave a review. So we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Bye-bye.